Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise be to Allah, the Lord of the Worlds. Over 100 episodes, almost 40 different ethnic backgrounds, living in almost 30 different countries. In just two seasons, the Niqabi Diaries podcast has brought you the stories of Muslim women across the globe. Women united in sisterhood by their commitment to the Deen of Islam. Welcome to season three of the Naqabi Diaries podcast, where, inshallah, we will continue to bring you the stories of the women behind the veil. The Naqabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host, Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of season three of the Naqabi Diaries. Today with us we have Sister Tahira. I'll let the sister introduce herself for the listeners, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Jazakallah khaira for having me on this episode. Alhamdulillah, really honored to be here. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So, sister, could you give us a little bit about your Islamic background, inshallah? Tell us how you came to wear the niqab, inshallah. Sure. So, to begin with, um, I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia. So, but I'm originally from India. Then I moved back uh, back here to India to complete my further education. So, alhamdulillah, I've always been blessed uh, to be surrounded by a very, very Islamic environment around me, especially because I was uh, in Saudi Arabia surrounded by uh, many Saudis who were, alhamdulillah, my teachers and my friends who were really, really practicing, who also really motivated me to uh, just presume my Islamic knowledge and career further. I currently work as the research and marketing executive at uh, Towards Faith, which is an education, Islamic educational company based out in the UK. Uh, but I also run my own startup. It's called Transformify, uh, which, which builds with an intention uh, to help the Muslim Ummah here uh, in India. And it is India's first uh, student-focused interpersonal skills boot camp. So, um, alhamdulillah, everything that I do is all driven by this Islamic um, education and the nurturing that I've always got. So I, coming to my journey with niqab, I started wearing it at the age of 14. Um, I used to see everyone around me wear niqab, my mother, my sisters, but I never had this conscious thing in my mind that I would start wearing it too soon or even in the future. But then uh, it was just a life-changing moment when it was my sister's wedding and that time I didn't uh, used to wear my uh, niqab. But then that time I saw that huge unity between the women there who used to wear their niqabs so amazingly and carried out so confidently and whenever they were exposed to the non-mahrams, of course. And whenever we used to meet them for the parties or anything as such, because it was the wedding season, right? So I used to just see them all come in a huge group uh, with all their niqabs on and so amazingly carrying it without being just being unapologetic about it. So that was when it clicked to me that, okay, um, I think it's, the t- it's time to start wearing the niqab now. So alhamdulillah, that's when I started actively wearing my niqab.
Mashallah, sister, that's amazing. Mashallah, I know about it. So you was you was about it was was you about fourteen at that time or a little bit older when you first started conscious? I was fourteen. Okay, fourteen. Okay, Mashallah. Okay, so um, obviously you, you was living in Saudi Arabia and you said that you were surrounded in an like in an environment where it was easy for you to wear the niqab. So what about when you came back to India? How was your experience at that time? And um, was you um, what age were you when you came back? And how was your kind of, um, you know, how was it with your family in India, for example? Was you surrounded by different um, family members? And what was their kind of perception of the Nepal? Um, So I came to India when I was, I guess, 16 or 17 years old uh, to just complete my further education. And like I said, um, it was back just in Saudi Arabia that I was surrounded in this nice bubble of good environment. But then when I came to India, it was completely different because, of course, many of our extended family members here don't practice the niqab or even the hijab properly. So it was really difficult to mix along with them as it was just like a judgment game going on and you know making it really difficult for us to stay in the niqab as they just kept on telling oh you can remove it it's fine they're just your uncles they're just your cousins you've grown up with them and so on and so forth but um alhamdulillah it like just like i said it, uh, my mom and my sisters all of us wear the niqab so we used to just actively make sure that we all of these things just didn't let go in our minds or something but yes alhamdulillah eventually they started understanding and accepting that okay these guys are not going to listen to us uh whatever we're going to do so they've left us on our own alhamdulillah 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 i think that's one of the challenges that a lot of sisters actually face when it comes to the family members that they're related to us but they're not our mahrams as well so that's the, it, this is one of the bigger challenges and uh, you know i think we probably don't talk about it enough um but there's ways that obviously we have to try to navigate and deal with that in our families and sometimes it causes a little bit of clashes as well sometimes because some of us if obviously if we're um, you know performing more modestly than others you know they sometimes they don't understand sometimes they get offended as well so in India or you know, in anywhere else, have you have you have any um, kind of abuse? Have you suffered any abuse for wearing the niqab? Uh, Alhamdulillah, I never faced any sort of abuse when it came to niqab. But there were a few uncomfortable situations, definitely. Uh, like for example, I used to go to write my exams in the university, and they used to just come up. Uh, like recently, just this happened with me when I went to write my exam, and the admin person she comes and she says to remove the hijab, and because you know, uh, even though it's an all-girls college or university, but there are still men roaming around, so it's necessary for us to wear it. But uh, she goes like, you would need to remove it because of security reasons and all the uh, cheating purposes. Um, but uh, subhanAllah, there were many of us who were wearing hijab in that hall and none of us agreed to remove it. Also because it was the peak high time that was going on of the uh, hijab ban in the other state here in India. So it was kind of affecting the state. Uh, my state I live in is called Hyderabad. And the hijab ban that was going on, that is going on, is in Karnataka. So that would affect uh, Hyderabad as well. But uh, Alhamdulillah, we were all 
uh, Muslim majority, and even the state here is the the city is Muslim majority, so that doesn't really affect us. Even if just one person comes and tells us, okay, you need to remove it and stuff. Um, but Alhamdulillah, we didn't let that happen. We remained in our scarves and in our niqab and hijab, and they couldn't do anything else. It just went away. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So yeah, because I think a lot of us are aware now of um, the situation that's been, you know, going on in India with regards to um, girls not even being allowed to enter into their schools because of, um, you know, because they have hijabs on or wear their hijab. So it's becoming increasingly difficult, it seems, in some areas of the country. Yes, it is. And it's affecting the other uh, states of the country as well. So uh, certain schools and colleges or just the private schools are trying to implement this thing really hard, but then um, they're not getting that approval sometimes from the government or something, or they might get. So uh, subhanAllah, it's a very risky situation that we're in, but alhamdulillah for every situation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us in. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So in your um, experiences that, um, with traveling, um, you know, how was it, you know, wearing the naqab on a practical level, going back and forth between different countries? So, um, alhamdulillah, I really did not face any kind of uh, difficulty with removing the niqab when I'm traveling. But when it comes to the security reasons at the checkpoints where they ask us to remove our niqab, um, <clears throat> I don't find that um, really problematic or difficult sometimes because there are a few circumstances or situations where, alhamdulillah, we are allowed to uncover our face just for the security reasons or certain uh, reasons. Like, for example, uh, if it's uh, business dealings that we have, uh, if the winter wants to sell or buy something and he needs to see your face, of course, for the security reasons, then that's permissible for us to remove the niqab for that time, only for that reason. So likewise, when if it comes in the checkpoint, uh, when they ask us to remove our niqab, just to cross-check our face with the passport, um, I remove that because it's, alhamdulillah, the opinion that it is permissible. So that's just a little uncomfortable there, but alhamdulillah, that's just one thing or just one time when uh, I have to just be a little uncomfortable with my niqab when traveling for the rest of the times, alhamdulillah, um, it is uh, not that difficult. Alhamdulillah. So what about your work, sister? I, uh, I remember you mentioning that you have, um, you, you're, you have the intention of helping the Ummah in India. So you've started a student-focused interpersonal skills program. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I recently launched, it is called Transformify. Uh, like I said, it's India's first uh, student-focused interpersonal skills boot camp. So we teach uh, students, mainly of the ages of 18 to 23, various soft skills and interpersonal skills that would uh, help them navigate their lives and careers better. So our boot camps are really hardcore and intensive boot camps that will uh, focus on one uh, interpersonal skill and they will really help you learn them and master them. So we just launched one that's uh, on confidence. So it is a confidence boot camp that we built 
to help you build better self-confidence. And my intention behind this boot camp was just to create more confidence within uh, the Muslim Ummah here in India because they really get affected by uh, the judgments they get as Muslims and also by the attire that the word hijab and the niqab and they feel really, really low in their self-confidence and that really affects their opportunities for jobs or education or anything because they just don't know how to carry themselves very well. So that's why Alhamdulillah I've launched this uh, confidence bootcamp. It's not just for Muslims, it's also for non-Muslims, it's for everyone. But just like how we're taught in Islam that our intentions should be pure with everything that we do, right? So my main intention is just to help the Muslim Ummah to really take benefit from these boot camps because they're really suffering with uh, such skills here in India. So that's uh, about it. SubhanAllah. So um, um, where do these boot camps take place? They're online on our website. Okay, alhamdulillah. So they're quite accessible to people in all parts of India then? Yes, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah, that's really amazing. Alhamdulillah. And then what was the other work that you say you did, that you said you do? Uh, I work as a research and marketing executive at Towards Faith. And I'm also um, a marketing manager and uh, an advisor for various other international companies that are based in the UAE and UK. Okay. Uh, again, in the field of education, and now I'm exploring the field of NFTs and Web 3.0. So alhamdulillah, that's all of these are Islamic organizations, by the way. Mashallah, mashallah. So with, with regards to work, there's no issues for you then, even with wearing the naqab? Yes, alhamdulillah, not at all. Though I really feared that I would have a lot of difficulties with my um, boot camps that I have because I'm teaching them myself and there would be people who are gonna be non-Muslims as well. So, but Alhamdulillah, I had a huge team behind me who really, really helped me, who counseled me and they were like, no, you can do this because I was on the verge of dropping this idea uh, because I thought it's gonna be really difficult doing it with the niqab because people might demand me to remove the niqab or I would face really bad backlash uh, considering the current situation in India. But um, like they say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends help and many signs for everything. So um, they were really kind enough. My team was very kind enough to motivate me and uh, just to inspire me to start doing it with the niqab just to help the Muslim ummah uh, to be more strong and confident. So alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, it's really, really good. So um, what um, would, would you consider um, that the naqab is um, a barrier? And if so, in which sense? Um, yes, like I just said about me almost dropping my idea of this uh, boot camp, uh, I thought that it would be a huge barrier with me when it would come to communicating with the students and even taking the sessions for the boot camp, um, just for the communication purposes, because people might feel that, okay, I, I don't know how this person looks and, you know, all the Islamophobia might just kick in, uh, but then I think that just doesn't make sense at all because it's all about connecting with the person that you have 
that you're speaking to in front of you and not with how they look or what they're wearing or what's happening with them. It's all about the conversation and the communication that you have with them. I always knew this fact, but I truly internalized it very recently. So Alhamdulillah, now I fully 100% believe that niqab cannot be a barrier for you for anything. You can still wear it. You can still conquer the world with it. Alhamdulillah. So what kind of advice, you know, based on what you just said, what kind of advice would you give to other sisters who are kind of struggling with these thoughts of they want to wear the niqab, but they're feeling like it's going to be a barrier to their progress when it comes to the fields of work or education? Um, I think I would say uh, is to first check our intentions as to why we want to start wearing the niqab. Are we really doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purely or do we have any other intentions or if there's any other pressure that we have and just see how you can turn that uh, your current intention into doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because at the end of the day, whatever that we're doing in this dunya is going to be an extension for what we're going to get in the akhirah, in the hereafter. So if that feels like a barrier to you, but you all you need to just understand is that you are doing it for the master of this entire world. The, the master, the creator of everything who created, who's going to create those opportunities for you as well. It's in Allah's hands to create or to take away that opportunity for you, not that niqab that you're going to wear or the hijab as well. So it's all about the mindset and yes, intentions and also making loads of du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy because there will be tests and trials with the niqab but that does not give us a reason to step away or to just not wear the niqab because there's going to be tests and trials for every single thing that we have in our life so yes that will be my advice okay mashallah and um, in, in um, you know, have you in your time been in India or even in Saudi Arabia as well, um, where people often have the perception that women are forced to cover themselves or they're forced to wear the niqab, especially. Have you met any sisters who have been forced to wear it? Um, I haven't met them. Uh, honestly, I've never met someone who are forced to wear it. Uh, though there were some who started wearing because their moms told them to start wearing it, but they never felt that they forced them to wear it. Uh, but they were really, really not signing up with the to the idea of wearing the niqab. But when their mothers told them to start wearing it, they eventually started loving it, though they might have been against it or didn't like the idea of wearing the niqab before. But subhanAllah, I've seen people who didn't want to wear it before, but when as they started wearing it they really really liked it and they are, now it has become a part of their identity for them uh, but i've never heard someone who were forced uh, or met someone who were forced to wear the niqab alhamdulillah and what about um sisters for example who, who they do want to wear but they're not allowed because of family pressures or other social pressures Yes, for the family uh, pressures. Again, the typical Indian mi mindset that, uh, you know, you're, you don't need to wear the niqab. Like, who's going to look at you? You're still a kid 
or even if you're a grown up, like there are many other people around who uh, people are going to look at. You're not going to be the only one that uh, the non-mahrams are going to look at. And again, the family problems as to know, like they're just your cousins. You grew up with them. You don't need to wear the niqab in front of them. So it, the mindset that they were creating in these girls was that no one cares about you, so you don't need to wear it. Right, which is a very, very wrong, wrong, really wrong uh, mindset. Yes. Uh, so yeah, subhanAllah. It's it's not about someone looking at us or like we grew up with someone, so like we're not gonna wear the niqab. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Just to like a like a counter argument to that is we never know who's gonna look at us, right? Exactly. From their perspective, we exactly. feel. Yeah, subhanAllah. I've had, I've had that a lot of times as well. And sometimes um as well, sister, like sisters maybe who don't wear the hijab at all, they will say things like, oh, well, you're attracting more attention because you're covering. So they say, say that as a reason for not covering because in their environment, it's mostly people who aren't covering at all. So, you know, they'll say, well, oh, you know, then we should just blend in with everybody else so we don't attract attention. But they're missing the point that the hijab itself is a command from Allah. Indeed, subhanAllah. Yes, subhanAllah. And so do, do you think that sisters who wear the niqab get treated differently from sisters who wear the hijab? And that's in, um, have you experienced anything like that in Saudi Arabia or um, in India where you are now? Um, I definitely feel that it happens sometimes, but not always. Uh, I did feel that um, quite a couple of times where even the hijabis themselves, they used to look down upon me for wearing the niqab, which is very ironical, subhanAllah. But then there were those instances where um, people really respected me wearing the niqab and even provided me, uh, they were even free to provide me with uh, a separate space to you know, remove my niqab so that I could pray, eat or drink or whatever I could do after removing my niqab. But then um, it really hurts on the bad part more, right? Because our Muslims themselves, they look down upon us for wearing niqab. And subhanAllah, they don't realize how grave of a thing that is. Because you are also wearing the hijab. I'm wearing the hijab as well. I'm also wearing the niqab. It's my choice. And it's something that's prescribed even in, the, even in Islam. So it's not something that gives anyone the right to look down upon, right? It's a part of Islam. You could wear it if you want. If you don't want to wear it, you're more than welcome. But that does not give anyone a right to look down upon the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yes, those are the things that I experienced. Okay, mashallah sister. So and finally, what does the niqab mean to you? Niqab uh, to me has now become a part of my identity. Just like how for some people, their glasses or some certain thing that they wear becomes a part of their identity. Niqab has also become a part of my identity. I prefer not to remove it uh, anywhere uh, I go. And, you know, it's just like something that's really close to your heart. And people have got so used to seeing me in the niqab that uh, they can't even imagine me without seeing without the niqab and they deeply respect that decision of wearing the niqab. Like I said, I work uh, and for, in terms of my own company as well as the place that I work at. Um, all of them 
uh, the non-mahrams there, they truly respect that decision of me wearing the niqab. And uh, yeah, and they deeply under, I believe that they deeply understand that it has become a part of my identity. So they never even ask me to turn on my camera if I, if I, if I've got my video off during the meetings and stuff. So Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Jazakallah khair, sister. Thank you so much for giving your time today, joining us to do this interview and share some of your experiences with wearing the Nakal Barakla of Fikram. Ameen wa Thank you so much for having me on this episode. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.